0: Hi, this is Rini Primeda, the Jersey dog trainer, telling you to stay tuned to WNJC, 1360 a.m., for Thursday in the Doghouse, coming right up.
1: Mama wasn't, but Daddy was one too. Me, I'm a little bit of everything, everything that I use. One day I'm walking down my block.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Thursday in the Dog House. I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. Every week we discuss topics related to dogs, and sometimes we talk to experts about cats, too. If you're a first-time listener and you have a special interest in wanting to know more about dogs, about their behaviors, their health issues, and what makes them tick, I hope you'll listen in each week right here on WNJC, 1360 AM, every Thursday morning from 10 to 1030. If you want to hear previous shows that we've done during the past year, please go to my website, www.jerseydogtrainer.com, and click on the page marked Rini's Radio Show. You'll see a page full of podcasts for each of my programs. If you see a subject that interests you, just click on it, Sit back, relax, listen, and learn for about 30 minutes. I guarantee you that you'll love what you hear. I have two guests today. Nanette Morgan is a certified professional dog trainer from Santa Clara County, California. She's the editor of the training and obedience column for the International Siberian Husky Club. Nanette is a graduate of the Marin Humane Society's Canine Consultant and Constructors Academy, and she owns her own business, Positive Pals Dog Training. Joe Jakes is a certified dog behavior consultant, a certified professional dog trainer, and is also certified as a pet care technician. She owns her own business called Wiggle Bums in Salem, Massachusetts. Joe is the current president of the Siberian Husky Club and a member of the Yankee Siberian Husky Club. Both of my guests live with and share an interest in Siberian Huskies, especially sled dogs. Before we talk to Nanette and Joe, I'd like to tell you what services I offer as a professional dog trainer and behavior consultant in the South Jersey area. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Renie Primeza, the Jersey dog trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age, and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609 609- Two eight zero nine three three eight. We're on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Good morning, Nanette and Joe. How are you today? Good. How about you? I'm good. Um, we got to get started because we have two of you, and this is really kind of a big subject here. Um, Because you told me about this, I thought it would be very interesting to talk about it. There was a horrible and unfortunate killing of 100 sled dogs in uh, British Columbia after the 2010 Winter Olympics. What prompted this murder of all of these sled dogs? Uh, Nanette, can you answer that?
2: Well, I don't think anyone can really answer it yet it's still under investigation but uh... essentially in a nutshell what happened was um there was a tour company up there that uh... probably took on too many dogs and uh... the person who killed the dog stated that uh... his boss told him to get rid of a hundred dogs oh, God. and uh... this person's way of getting rid of them was to kill them and not humanely so that's it in a nutshell
1: It's
2: on our investigation. Right. And and there's a
1: huge investigation going on because supposedly the SPCA told them that they could not help them rehome the dogs because sled dogs supposedly can't be rehomed.
0: Oh well, that doesn't sound like a very realistic statement. Um, I don't know of any dogs that, or any breed of dogs, or any activity of dogs that couldn't be rehomed. And I want to talk more about that. But um, so, what is this? They routinely have um, these activities. These are they competitions that they they do with the dogs, and they're they're called tour companies. What what is that a little bit about, Joe? Jo, do you
1: can you answer that? Basically, what tour companies do, because we have them out here on the East Coast as well. Basically what the tour companies do is people who want to have the experience of riding on a sled dog, I mean a dog sled, mm-hmm. they will come in and they will take a tour. They take people for rides on dog sleds.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so um this is done all winter long. They offer these 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 type of tours and and Yeah, typically. All- I
2: mean, it would be the same as like You know, you go someplace, like I've been to Yellowstone, you take a snowmobile tour of the place.
0: Okay. So
2: this would be similar. So we also have them up in Lake Tahoe area in California, too. We don't get as much snow as up in, you know, the north up there back east like you guys. But, yeah, it's. It's just a way of touring. Okay,
0: Joe. Why why did the tour company or why did they the SPCA make a statement like that that the sled dogs would be very difficult to adopt out? Obviously, this isn't true, right?
1: Well, there's some there's some really good questions and some interesting stuff going on around that. Um, they stated in um, one of their press releases the SP, the BC SPCA that they had contacted. Um, a behaviorist in Canada as well as a vet behaviorist in the United States who both said that due to the fact that these dogs were tethered for whatever time that they weren't running or exercising that they were under socialized and couldn't be rehomed and that they might be aggressive and would never be able to live in a house. Okay. So they took that. Really strange mm-hmm. <laughs> um, idea, and ran with it. And um, I actually have a copy of I have a copy of two different tethering studies. One is the Cornell study, which was done with um, which was done with I believe thirty Alaskan Huskies, mm-hmm. and the other one is the study that um, their behaviorist did. Where she only used nine dogs. I see. And the study where the, their behaviorist only used nine dogs. Um, the dogs were never let off tether. They were never exercised. Wow. So, which is not the way that most, you know, mushers' dog yards work. Am I right, Nanette? Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, tethering
2: is just a means of keeping them from roaming or, you know, most of the dogs are not altered because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they use them for breeding mm-hmm. so that they can't, um, you know, have unwanted breedings. But the dogs are on long enough of a tether that they can usually play with each other.
0: Really? Okay. So that's interesting to me because I would w- wonder about the frustration factor of being on a tether and not being able to reach somebody that you're focusing on or being able to interact with uh, others in your environment. So if they are on a long tether and they're able to interact, I, I would imagine that that would decrease the the frustration factor um, greatly. So that's good news there.
1: Well, yeah, that and most mushers, at least out here, the mushers, dog yards that I've visited what they do is they actually have specific exercise times two to three times a day all right where the dogs are left let off in groups right to run around like maniacs uh-huh. as well and the play um, and as well of course the dogs need to be exercised on a regular basis in order to be kept in really peak running condition
0: i see So, Nanette, can a sled dog live happily as an only dog if it was rehomed to a a family that didn't have any other dogs? Because if they're so used to being around other dogs, would they be able to, uh, you know, live happily without other dogs in the home?
2: Well, each dog's an individual, and I think some dogs can do that. I know some people um, that have rehomed sled dogs that have run in the Iditarod and such, or the Yukon Quest, and they are fine as an only dog. Uh, other dogs that really have a need for a buddy okay. should be with another dog mm-hmm. for optimum happiness and, and overall easiness uh, of care for, for the owner, too. Well,
0: who makes that determination as to what the 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 dog needs? I mean, is there somebody who, <clears throat> sorry, who who takes these dogs and evaluates them before they are rehomed? Man, Nanette, I'm sorry, or Joe, doesn't matter. Well,
2: I have a re- rehomed sled dog, as you know. Yes. And the musher breeder decided which dogs were going to go to where. After interviewing people such as myself, the dog that I have, Cricket, she determined that uh, it was, you know, they were all her own dogs, right? She bred them. That Cricket needed a home, best with another dog. And if there were little children around, that'd be great too, because she had a human sister, (laughs) for lack of a better word who she was you know she really loved so Mm -hmm. cricket just loves little kids i don't have children but i go to schools and give talks in fact i'm giving one next week my annual dog safety and i did a rod training talk but good for you um she does fine and she's my older dog binks who's 12 Mm -hmm. uh who's (laughs) BFF.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what about you, Joe?
1: You also live with a rehomed sled dog? I live with four of them. Wow. Plus a rehomed uh, retired racing greyhound and a, uh, a a an English cocker spaniel who's. 15th birthday is today. Oh, Uh, Happy
0: birthday, Sniff. Happy birthday. (laughs) So so how do you find it when you get uh, a rehomed sled dog? Do you have difficulty um, acclimating them into your home? Uh, Well,
1: I do a lot of fostering as well, and I find that the same procedures that I use for fostering, for bringing in a new foster, work exactly the same way with a rehomed sled dog. Basically what I do is any... Foster dog that comes in, um, they get a lot of crate time at first. All right. So, like in a in a corner of the house where they can be out of you know the actual traffic pattern, but where they can observe everything going on, mm-hmm. so that they can have a chance to wind down and observe the rules of the house, so to speak.
0: Are they? Can they get into the crate and feel comfortable in the crate when they've been out in the open for so long?
1: Yes. Yeah, really? most dogs are transported. Most people who have my guys are racing dogs. They mm-hmm. weren't tour dogs. They were racing dogs, so they're used to getting in dog boxes and traveling all over the country.
0: Oh, okay. So that okay. that was good. Um,
1: but basically, we do that, and then we start bringing them out, you know, on in small chunks of time mm-hmm. to interact with the rest of the guys. Usually on a drag line, which is a leash attached to their collar mm-hmm. that they just drag around. Right that we can just easily step on it and stop any problems from happening. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had no problems, really. Uh, And we've actually, the last one that we adopted (laughs) had some issues because he has some some phobias and stuff. But even even Kona adjusted fairly well. Um, Most sled dogs seem to really like being house huskies.
0: Is that right? That's wonderful. I wonder why, though. Uh, You know, if their whole life they spent outside... Um you would wonder um that you know why or or you know what makes them adjust so easily. Do you find the same thing Nanette with dogs that you have rehomed and maybe worked with in your in your business that they're easily yeah, adaptable? For the most
2: part, uh um, th- they love being in the indoors. Mm-hmm. They're most of them. I mean not again, it's a personality thing. I have run into some just regular Northern breed dogs They weren't sled dogs or that sort of thing uh, that um, had been outdoor dogs from their previous owner Uh so they tend to like the outdoors more so it's just a preference thing I'm I'm sure we'd see that also if we well I do see it too people that get new uh, adopted Labrador retrievers and that that have been outside dogs they seem to have the same preference I just think it's what they're used to when they're younger but you know, dogs are pretty plastic, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In their behaviors, so they can pretty much adapt to to things. That's
0: that's good. That's wonderful. That's great news to know that. Um, so, Nanette, what's the best way to introduce a rehomed sled dog to the dogs or or dog that's already in the home? Do you see any difficulty with that?
2: Um, you would do it the same way you do adopting any dog from the rescue groups or the humane society you introduce them in a neutral area uh... off leash and let let them get to know each other and then when you bring them home you let the resident dog go in first as if inviting the other dog that seems to work well Mm -hmm. what do you think
1: jeff oh most definitely most definitely we usually will greet Any of the dogs, the foster dogs, or when we bring a new dog into the house, off property, walk back all together, Mm -hmm. and my dogs go in first, and they'll actually even turn around and look like they're waiting for the other dog.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the come-hither look.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right.
0: So when we spoke, and you sent me um, some information uh, about the sled dogs, you um, you put down a statement that there there might be some differences in dealing with a more primitive dog versus a home raised dog. Um, so so is there any difference in body language or in their behavior that would be a stark difference to a more domestic dog? Joe, how about you answering that?
1: Well, what I have found is that sled dogs, because they have grown um, up amongst other dogs. Are incredibly great at their own language. They're very, very fluent, but they're also very subtle. Mm -hmm. Um, They tend to, they tend to see not only other dogs' body language very, very subtly, you know, the very subtle changes. Right. But they also seem to take our body language as if we were dogs. Oh. So I find that, for example, some people may find every rehomed sled dog to be a little bit head shy at first and that's basically because you know just with with dogs you know dogs don't put their hands over each other's heads correct you know and so a sled dog will look at that like whoa hey what are you doing mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a dog and what are you doing with your hand over my head mm-hmm. they, they kind of like get a little bit freaky it's mm-hmm. not that they were beaten about the head but
0: right <laughs> i think a lot of people would probably assume that this it's is an abused back. dog
1: Exactly, yeah. but that's not it. It's just that they read our body language as well as the other dogs
2: mm-hmm.
1: very, very literally.
2: Okay. D- you don't think yeah, And also, dogs- can I add to that? Sure. Um, it, it might be surprising to people to think, well, they were handled all the time and harnesses put over their sh- heads and all that sort of thing, but they were usually used to maybe two or three people only doing that. Mm-hmm. So it can take if they have a shy temperament like Cricket does, it it took a while for her to, you know, take hands coming towards her. So I work with her every day on that. She'll be with me two years next month already. Uh But I do hand targeting every day. We share breakfast, the two dogs and I, and Uh I use that time for hand targeting so that they get a little piece of my toast or whatever. Uh And so now she's at the point when we're walking on the street She'll go up to people and seek out their hands to sniff.
0: Oh, that's really nice. And that's, mm-hmm. that's hand targeting is a great exercise to do with, especially with shy dogs too. that's that's really good. So this is very interesting. Um, and so what about with novelty items? What about when you, t- you know, I mean, when you have, sl- especially you, Joe, you have so many, when you have so many dogs, do you, do you take them for walks? And when you do, how, in the beginning especially, how do they respond to novel stimuli like flags or with, uh, you know, hearing uh, sirens or, or traffic and things like that?
1: Well, depending on where the dog came from, they may have already been exposed to some of these things. Right. Um, but in, if they were not, basically, you do the same thing as you would with any with any puppy. Mm-hmm. Would okay. you know? Bring along some yummy goodies mm-hmm. and anything that's a little freaky. You basically just throw some some uh, yummies down on the ground, which will help them drop their head and help calm them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they'll also start very quickly to associate the previously scary item. With something yummy. All
0: right, so that's that's great. So that shouldn't um, be too much of a problem. What other issues would you say are common to this to uh, the the rehomed sled dogs that people um, should be aware of that they might encounter? Nanette, can you kind of give everybody advice on that? And
2: well, I think some of it would be with the same advice that I would give or our rescue group, Bay Area Siberian Husky uh, Rescue give to new adopters after, you know, investigating their lifestyle and such, is mm-hmm. that you need to have the right environment for the dog. Uh, obviously, you're not going to tether the dog here, you know, in your home. When and, and, in fact, in California, there's a law against that now anyway. But uh you need to have really high fences. They need to be uh, proofed at the bottom so they don't dig out. You have to be careful with door openings. I mean, that's true with... Any husky, really. Um, I only half-jokingly say that my house is San Quentin South (laughs) 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 because it's it's a maze to get out of my house. I have it so, you know, proof that the dogs can't escape. All right. So that's what I would look for in any potential owner's All right.
0: So, what about the owners themselves? Would you say that certain people would be um, very good candidates to adopt versus other people who you might feel would not do well with this type of dog? What about what about your opinion there, Joe?
1: Well, my opinion is that the same people who would do well with any Nordic breed are the same people who would do well with a rehomed sled dog. Mm-hmm. Um, people who are sticklers for cleanliness,
2: mm-hmm. uh, for
1: <laughs> blind obedience, okay, and don't have a sense of humor, those are not good Nordic breed owners. All
0: right. All right. So let's go back a step here. I, I, I understand what you're saying. But what about the blind obedience? What do you really mean about that?
1: Well, by blind obedience... Um, People have to remember that sled dogs were bred, and especially the lead dogs, if you happen to um, you know, adopt a retired lead dog, these dogs are bred to make decisions on their own, many oh. feet ahead of the musher. That could easily mean the life of the entire team. Okay. When you have a dog that's that smart and that's used to making their own decisions, mm. you really don't tell them what to do.
0: Oh, my. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's yeah. go further with this girl. So, uh, let's get into the description of what could happen with a rehomed lead dog. Nanette, can you give us some examples too?
2: If they don't get exercise and you don't engage their mentals, their mind, you know, give them mental stimulation, okay. They'll find their own own little projects. Cricket likes to do arts and crafts. So, um I'll give her stuff that she can her own designs with like what are you talking about mats and stuff like that or paper so she can shred it oh that type um, of watching craft. <laughs> like kongs and that um the, the thing with training lead dogs or any dog you have to make it think that it's their decision to do it
0: all right uh, that so it's
2: their idea
0: all right can you can you go into more description what how do you do that
2: how do, you, how do you teach uh, well, a person? Well, if the dog is showing, you know, some confidence going forward or whatever, um, you would encourage that. Okay. So, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, except that a lead dog, I think, would have a tremendous amount of confidence. No.
2: Not yes, always. They do, but sometimes so. <laughs> they depend on a partner dog to be with them.
0: I say, yeah. all right. So I
1: did. Re- I did adopt one retired lead dog.
0: Okay, Joe, so they tell tend us about to that be,
1: They tend to be thinkers, all right. They tend to really, really sit back and watch and think about what's going on, and then if somebody else doesn't stop and step in if something that they don't think should be going on does, mm-hmm. they will
2: okay,
0: can that be a problem?
1: Um, with some dogs, yes,
0: yeah, okay yep.
1: and again, because you know because of that, I'm not a big fan of taking them to dog parks right because if somebody's doing if there's a dog that's bullying another dog Mm -hmm. they will split them up and they will protect the dog that's being bullied generally
0: right Splitting. yep interesting okay well, that might be a good thing for the dogs, but I don't know if the owners would be accepting of that. Uh, the other owners in the park, too, especially. Um, can they be challenging to the owner? Like, if you you want something to happen and they're they're not thinking that that's what should happen, do they? Can they challenge you? Oh yeah. All right. So, what does that look like?
1: Basically, um, you can't really force them to do anything. It's a really good idea to get their Get their buy-in, make them understand that by, you know, playing your crazy little reindeer game, <laughs> it might be really, really advantageous to them, or it could be ridiculously fun. Right.
2: Yes, yeah, so the
1: show me the money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're pretty willing. Once they've, they've um, once they, you, that you have shown them that you respect their intelligence, uh-huh. and then... That's the big thing with them is that you need to show them that you respect their intelligence by getting their buy in once you've done that, they will respect you enough to at least listen to your ideas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez,
1: tell them under advice face- good
2: manners training I mean usually they don't have a lot of that because they're they were trained all the mushing stuff,. Mm-hmm. So, you really have to think of them regardless of the age that you're you're training a puppy. Mm -hmm. The other thing is because of their intelligence, they don't like to do repetitive, boring, obedient stuff. They'll, you know, you do things three or four times, and they're like, okay, I get it, Yeah. so let's move on.
0: Yep. That was with any husky, I'm telling you. I mean, you, you we're talking about sled dogs, but I'm finding that with huskies and Malamutes, you just do very short, quick training sessions, and you have to give them a break for double the time that you were working with them. Um, they get bored very easily.
2: And you have to make it fun too. Oh,
0: absolutely. Well, for any dog, really. I I hate it when people try to make training sessions really um, dull or or you know boring or uh, a drudgery. You want the dog to have a good time, and you want the owners to have a good time. Um, we only have about two minutes left, and I, and so one of the questions I would like to ask is that: Do you think that these rehomed sled dogs would be an appropriate? Adoption for an, a first time dog owner? Um, Joe? It
2: depends on how savvy they are. He, uh, when I adopted Binks, he wasn't a sled dog, okay, but he was, he is a Siberian husky, and he was nine months old, that magic age, right? Uh huh, right. And I wasn't a dog trainer at the time, but I, I had been working with horses for 20 years, mm-hmm. and they, I hadn't had dogs since I was a child, but they adopted him out to me because of my experience of working with horses and uh, you know having some animal sense okay. about things and it, it obviously worked out fine. Right.' Still with me he's going to be 13 in November, so mm-hmm. I'm doing something right.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure you are, of course. Joe, do you think that people should be um, more you know have experience with dogs before adopting a former sled dog?
1: It depends on the person. Uh It truly depends on the person. Um, I mean, I had had experience with other breeds of dogs Mm -hmm. before, but never sled dogs. Mm -hmm. And even though I had done tons and tons and tons and tons of research, Mm -hmm. um, some of the things that we ran into with our first were totally outside what I even expected. Right, right. So um, it really depends on the person and on their ability to... I think what it is, I think the biggest thing is whether or not it's a person who can see a dog as a partner rather than just something that you have living with you. Okay. And the environment, too, the housing environment. Not
2: not a good choice for homes where they have restrictions on fences and that sort of thing. Right. Definitely not a good idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Joe, so, All right, so um, this has been a really interesting talk, and, um, you know, maybe we can talk about them again some other time, too. I don't think too many people in the South Jersey area um, would be that savvy about sled dogs, although we do have huskies here, um, but not necessarily rehomed uh, sled dogs. It's been very interesting. Very quickly, Joe, can you give out your information before we sign off?
1: Okay, um, my website is www.wigglebums.com.
0: I love that name.
1: Uh (laughs) It was named after my English Cocker Spaniel. Cool. That that earlier turned 15 this year. Okay.
0: Because
1: he loves learning and his bum never stops wiggling.
0: (laughs) Okay, and Nanette, what is your website?
1: It's
2: www.positivepals.net, and positive pals is all one word and spelled P-A-W. S-I-T-I-V-E-P-A-L-S.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, girls, very, very much for joining us today in the doghouse. Um, Thanks,
2: Rini. It's been a Join very, it. very interesting... Thank you very much
1: dis- for having
0: us. Yeah, very nice. Thank you very much for joining us, and, and maybe we'll do this again sometime. So you have a great day, everybody. You too. Talk to you, you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week. We will have an animal communicator come on and... She's going to talk to the dogs, so I hope you join us then. Have a great week.